All right, Coco Talk episode 42 is going live in three, two. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer, with your host, Mr. Gameplay Goodness himself, Stevie Stroh. All right, everybody, and welcome to Coco Talk episode 42. This is our first live episode of 2018 because uh, last week we phoned it in with a pre-recorded Coco Talk After Dark episode, and uh, we're here, we're live, and same time, same channel. We've got a great uh, panel for you. We've got some new faces, we've got, we've got some old faces, and then we've got some faces of people who are old, too. So um, we're just going to go around the room in a clockwise fashion in uh, the upper left-hand corner here. Still hasn't taken down his Christmas tree. you got to admire that spirit or just overt laziness. Mark Overholzer, how are you today, sir? I'm doing fine, and it's laziness. <laughs> and we have, from the Glenside Color Computer Club, host of Coco Fest, Mr. John Mark Mobley. Thanks for being here today, John. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. All right. And um, we also have a very handsome person wearing a royal blue Coco Talk shirt, Mr. Grant Leedy. How are you today, Grant? I'm doing pretty good. All right. Thanks for being here. Thank From you. From sunny Southern California, Mr. Steve Bjork is here. Hey, guys. How are you all doing? We're doing all right. Um, somebody with an incredibly good backlit silhouette here, Mr. Richard Lorbieski. How are you? Doing good. Still in the witness protection program there. Yes. Well, that, <laughs> that, that lighting makes your microphone sound much better. Um, and literally suffering from a case of pneumonia as we speak, we have Rick Adams with us today. Hey, Rick. Hello. That is dedication. Yeah. <laughs> or insanity, one of the two. You're, uh, we're not, there's no such thing as digital contagiousness, is there? Can we, anyone is uh, no. sick right now? <laughs> Don't think so. Well, that's good. I talked to uh, Intel about that one right now. <laughs> and uh, outside of the garage, in the guest bedroom, we have host of Ron's Garage, Mr. Ron DelVoe. Hello, Ron. Hello, everybody. How are you? From the great, all right, from the great white north, Mr. L. Curtis Boyles with us. How's it going, eh? It's going good. Sorry I missed last week's episode. It looked like a good one. Yeah, it was. It always is. Um, working on something as we speak over there, host of the Coco Crew podcast and the uh, chief delegee of the uh, Coco Fest, Mr. John W. Linville. How are you, sir? Um, well, well, thank <laughs> you. I'm uh, putting together game master cartridges. So. There you go. 
There you go. Very good. And first time on the show from the Life Serial commercials, it's Mikey. How are you, Mikey? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, letting me into this thing. <laughs> hey, we're glad to have you. We'll get to we'll get to hear your mini life story here in just a minute. Um, one of the bastards who's won all kinds of crap, uh, Mr. Paul Fiscarelli, <laughs> winner of the first person to survive the Forest of Doom and the person who's survived it on easy mode, medium mode, hard mode, insane mode. Uh, mm. Paul th <laughs> and the other bastard who's beaten all the games and getting all the glory, Jason Coco Man Reichert is with us today as well. Hey, Jason, how are you? Double oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, even uh, with all the name calling. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no animosity here. <laughs> I think that's great. There's never been more interest in color computer games lately than uh, than there than there is now. And uh, so, why don't we start right away with our newest member of the panel, newest person on the show, uh, Mikey? You you have the spotlight on you. So thanks for thanks for calling in. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, past with Coco and your present. What are you doing now with the Coco? Sure. Thank you, Stevie. Well, um, I had a Coco, like some of you guys, from very early age. My very first memory of uh, using, uh, I should have it to show the battle scars on our old Coco 1. But my earliest memory was uh, sitting at the basic prompt and pounding random keys into it and and hitting enter and seeing this funny thing called SN error. What's that? Syntax error? Oh. Eventually I learned how to program. I was like 10 or 12. I was doing 6809 assembly language programming and whatnot. So that's the past. Uh, nowadays uh, it's a little hard to find time to work on projects, but uh, uh, I'm working on uh, something called PyDriveWire, which I've sent out to the list like last year sometime. And I'm also working on a few other, uh, you know, driveware type projects, uh, just like programming and things like that. Uh, not a huge gamer, but I have uh, bought into uh, some of the more recent things. So uh, I have, have had a little time to enjoy Cocos. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, thanks for joining us today. Glad to have you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, just one more comment. Uh, you know, I have... Uh, haven't caught up on all the podcasts, but you know, even though I don't have much live Coco time, I do have lots of podcast listening time. <laughs> so uh, I feel like I'm sitting here with all my buddies, you know. Yeah, so very cool. That's why I'm very happy cool. to join you guys uh, for at least for a little while. Okay, great. We are so, uh, all buddies. On on that list of podcasts, I'm hoping is the Coco Crew podcast. We've got about ninety. Oh up. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. I've listened to every okay. episode of uh, the Coco Crew, and uh, you know, love uh, love John and uh, uh, Neil and Mike. So there you go, Myro. It has caught on. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. So there's uh, yeah, there's about uh, what is it, ninety episodes of the Coco Crew right now, and <laughs> and we're up to thirty thirty one. <laughs> Well, between the two of us, we're pushing ninety episodes. Yeah. <laughs> there's About uh, hours long. <laughs> yeah, there's no short of uh, there's no shortage of content. Let's say hi to some of the people in the um, in the live chat now. So we have Tanya here saying that in Europe it is now um, uh, what is that eight p.m. 
and then we have Brian Joyce saying good day, brothers from other mothers, Brian Joyce in Australia. Um, Richard Cavell in the UK, and Tom C is with us too. Um, and yeah, so it's another, it's been another week in, 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 you know, in the real world. And okay, Ian McLaughlin is here from Canada. I hope I didn't butcher your last name there, Ian. And yeah, thanks guys for being here. So it's been a busy week for me. I have not been able to stay on top of what's been going on um, with projects and blogs and um, everything else. But I did, I did capture a couple of snippets from, um, from the Facebook group. But I thought since we had John Mark here um, from, from Glenside, maybe you can give us uh, a little bit of update on what's going on right now on some of the uh, things you can share with us about the Cocoa Fest as it unfolds and uh, anything people need to be aware of that maybe hasn't made its way to the website yet. Um, well, we have um, a lot of responsibilities we're trying to delegate out to people. Um, we have uh, like one person scheduling who's going to give talks and when um we have somebody else who's in charge of getting the screen and the projector that would be used with like a powerpoint presentation we have someone else who would be responsible for an amplifier so that um the pres the presenter could talk we have someone else responsible for recording the talks um and um each one of these responsibilities, there's, um, you know, well, what kind of video? Are they going to try to hook up an RGB cocoa up to the projector? Uh, do they have PAL output? Um, you know, it, 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 can the projector take HDMI? What is the projector compatible with? And um, somebody wants to connect into the Wi-Fi. Maybe they want to live stream video out of the Heron Point building. Uh, there's a limited bandwidth, and so not too many people can do that at once. Uh, somebody might want to have a private network from one side of the room to the other that's not part of the Wi-Fi. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know what you call those, like a bridge or something like that that you can set up. Sure, sure. And um, we have somebody who who uh if if someone needs something like that we can um they can contact me and i can uh find the person responsible for that and see if we can uh, make whatever accommodations are necessary um so i have the list of of who we're trying to delegate to and mm -hmm. And if people can email me from the website, the contact us part of the website, glensidecc.com, mm -hmm. uh, then I can get them in contact with who I'm trying to delegate the responsibility to, and uh, we can take care of um, everything. Um, we don't have a lot of AC power. We might have... Um, maybe seven electrical outlets for everybody to run off of. And some of those outlets might be on the same circuit breaker. So if you want to have a soldering iron or a heat gun or something like that, um, um, it might cause a problem. Um, it, you know, if you could bring an LCD monitor instead of a CRT monitor, it might help us out a little bit. Um, maybe you could bring a UPS 
and you could run your soldering iron or your heat gun off of the UPS instead of the electrical power. Um, we don't really know, but um, the, elect the electrical power is one of the problems with the location we're at. Now, has this changed from previous years because uh, has, the, has the power situation changed? No, no, it hasn't changed. I mean, people need to know that they need to bring uh, a 50-foot long extension cord. Uh, sure. Maybe some need gaffer's tape, things some, like that. Yeah, some gaffer's tape or some kind of tape to tape the wires down, and they need to bring, uh, what is it called, an outlet strip? Uh, yeah, power, power strip, yep. Yeah, and, and they might need to be willing to share some of the outlets off their power strip with the neighbor nearby because um, mm. uh, not everybody can plug straight in, probably. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we've done that in the past. It's, it seemed to work out. But yeah, these are, these are important things to know. Um, a lot of logistics go into planning these events. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you might want to run Pac-Man and you might want to run your speaker volume up to the max, but it might annoy somebody who has to share a table right next to you. Um, so there, there are things like that. Um, and somebody might want to be located closer to somebody else that they want to network with. And uh, they can contact Tony Pedraza and say, you know, when they get their booth, that they need to be next door to somebody else or something. Okay, so you could put in your request if you had a preference and where you would like your table to be. And you, you might not be able to honor those, but at least let it be known. I yeah. mean, some things might not be as flexible. I know, like, the music man's typically in the, in the corner where he's at. He's got so much gear to plug in. He kind of needs that, those wall outlets behind him. Um, so a few things like that might not be flexible. We have a limited but, number of tables, and you need to... Uh, apply for your tables ahead of time, and the tables do cost. I don't. I don't know exactly what they cost. Maybe thirty dollars or something to have a table. Uh, if you want two tables, it costs even more. Um, and so um, you have to go on the website and download a some kind of form, a vendor application form, or some such thing, and fill it out and uh, scan it and email it to Tony Pedraza. And you don't have to pay right away, but when, when it's time to register or pre-register, you can then pay your money then. Okay. Yeah, on the uh, website, I got the contract. It's $25 for a table and $10 for each additional table. But if there's a, if there's a shortage on spots... Um you know, it, it, well, you, I could see you running into a situation where you've got more requests for tables than there are tables. So, you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a good problem to have. But it's uh, hopefully as these events get more attendance, the real estate might become a little bit more prime. Yeah, we do have a lunchroom. We could stack people in the lunchroom and we could actually stack people out into the hallway, but we can't secure the hallway overnight. So, right, right, so you would right, have right. to take your display down or take the valuables off your table at nighttime mm -hmm. uh, if you're in the hallway. 
Very, very cool. Uh, so so we'll, we'll, a little bit later, we'll go ahead. Well, if we're talking about it now, why don't we just jump over and look at the website right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the, um, the Glenside website. Uh, Glenside website, it's glensideccc.com. This is where you can find out all about Cocoa Fest. And here we can see the dates, right? So it's April 21st and 22nd of 2018. Here's the address. Here's the phone number. I would also suggest if you're planning on attending and you are going to get a room there to book your room in advance because they will run out of rooms. And you don't have to actually charge your card to reserve it. You just give them the credit card number. They will charge it when you show up. But reserve the room. Um, mention you're there for Coco Fest so um, the Glenside can get credit for the people that show up. Uh, we also have on the website right now, let's see what we have added to uh, a list of people who are attending. Yeah, so the, the attendance list is growing here. So Rick Adams will be here, William Astle, Jim Brain, Steve Bjork, Neil, Steve Bjork, which we just announced last week. So this is very exciting to have Steve Bjork back at Coco Fest. If you are on the fence about coming to Coco Fest and you want to meet Steve Bjork, this might be, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity for that. Uh, we're very happy to have Rick Adams last year and coming back again this year. Neil Blanchard of the Cocoa Crew Podcast. L. Curtis Boyle. Carlos Camacho. Jamie Cho. Now, I remember Jamie Cho has been mentioned on the Cocoa Crew Podcast many times. He's worked on a number of projects. So maybe this will be the first time we get to meet Jamie. Richard Chrislip. Rendezvous will be yeah. here. Right? Brendan Donahue. Mor uh, Morgan Donahue. That might be uh, Brendan's wife. Jim Franklin. Alan. Ron Klein. David Ladd. Grant Leedy, John Linville, Mark Marlette, John, Mark Mobley, Jim O'Keefe, Boise Pete, Henry Wrightveld. Some people know him as Wrightveld, Wrightveld, or um, what was the other one uh, sent from my phone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is Boise Myro... attending? I thought he couldn't make it. Boise has had a change of plans and can. Ah. Oh, good. Okay. Myro, John Strong, myself, Evan Wright. Sorry, John Linville. Also, um, Morgan Donahue is Brendan's daughter. Daughter. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have our event staff. Our event uh, lineup is taking shape here. So Friday will be the uh, club will start to set up at 6 p.m. If you happen to be there Friday and you're an exhibitor, you can start to set up at 7.30 Friday evening. You have from about 7.30 till 9 p.m. Friday evening. That's a great head start to set up your exhibit if you need to. Uh, Saturday morning, you can start at 7 a.m. and set up your exhibit if you if you fly in late. Show starts Saturday at 9 a.m. with our music man and our national anthems. Uh, one of the first events now, rather than being a keynote, and I know these we discussed these on uh, a couple of the roundtable discussions and a few talks we had, but a tour of the booth, which I think is a great idea. Um, and then lightning talks. And so we probably need to give a talk on how to give a lightning talk. But um, Jim O'Keefe <laughs> <laughs> O'Keefe will talk about programming in fourth. We will have our lunch. And uh, is, is the meeting this time, too, or is that on Sunday, the meeting? Sunday. Sunday, okay. John Strong, video game development. Steve Bjork, topic to be announced at 2 p.m. All right. Award ceremony at 3 no minimum bid auction, which is the best reason to attend Coco Fest. If you you know if you're looking to get anything, you're going to get it there. And do I hear a dollar? Do I hear fifty cents? Right. Uh, On-site dinner is always great. Nice barbecue. The trivia Jeopardy show is a great time. Uh, Coco chit chat. This is where we all get together and shoot the breeze. And then possible musical jam will be happening again. Uh, 
Um, Sunday, we start off with our national anthems. We have a speaking slot to be determined. Coco Talk Live has gotten moved to Sunday at 10, or is that 10.30 p.m.? Or is that supposed to be, I'm assuming that's a.m. It should say a.m., I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. We, we, <laughs> we really got the, the shaft on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coco Talk will be appearing in the parking lot Sunday at 9 p.m. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what they're trying to do is Coco Talk at night. Yeah, there we go. Literally after dark. Yeah, live and uncensored. Coco Talk in the dark, where we look our best. So. <laughs> <laughs> Coco Dark with this protection program. Yeah, so the Sunday auction's at 1 and the show closes at noon, right? Don't forget to touch the heron. So there you go. So we'll continue to... Um, looks like we will, data. Looks like the time on the lunch is also wrong. It says 11 p.m. <laughs> uh, okay, well, listen. You, you you eat when you when you get hungry, okay? So... <laughs> So we'll continue to provide these updates, and we're glad you could be here, John Mark, to give us a little bit of information. And planning is starting early. It seems like there's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of enthusiasm and buzz right now. So definitely looking forward to Coco Fest again, as always. And, um, yeah, cool. Anything else you want to do to add to that, John Mark? Um, the, the main thing is uh, the contact us portion of the website allows you to ask questions um we're hoping to have pre-registration this year so that you can update your your uh, name your email your address if you want to give your address um and prepay which will make registration a lot easier um we might have some terminals set up at the coco fest so you can directly update your own record um from a terminal or a kiosk at the Coco Fest. Um, otherwise, you can fill out a paper card, and um, somebody will hand enter your data. Um, um, we have a database of over a thousand members. Uh, not all of them are alive, and when the newsletter is updated, we like to send out a notification on those email addresses. Um, in, in order to log into the database remotely, you're going to need a password, and we're going to use your current email address that's on record to send out what your, your initial password is to the database. Okay. So people can update their contact information ahead of time, so it's, so it's already there. Yes. And, and yeah. if, you, if you need to contact somebody... You can uh, contact like Richard Bear and say, you know, I'd really like to um, talk to Steve Bork, but I don't have his email address. Can you pass on my contact information to him so he can, if he wants to contact me, he can and, and okay. like that. Okay. And so just go to the Glenside website, glensideccc.com and go to their contact page and Send an email to the appropriate club member, and you guys will forward that along. Yes. So, sounds good. And what? And the theme? You want to share with us the theme and the meaning of the theme this year? Um, the theme is fusion, um, and it has to do with fusing of the old and the new. The um, the the through hole components with the surface mount components. The um, the sixty eight oh nine with 
a CPLD or FPGA is kind of, and and of course um, the um, what is what is the SD cards, the SDC, um, mm-hmm. the the fusing of the old and the new is the theme of the festival. That's great. That's great. Very very cool. All right. Well, we're going to take our first uh, commercial break here. We're going to pause for a cause hear from our corporate sponsors, and we'll be back with more Coco Talk right after these words. Thanks, everybody. This is Ben Andy, and you're watching OG Gamer CD Stroke. Greetings, YouTubers. Atari Leaf here, and you're listening to Coco Talk. My fellow Americans, Australians, Canadians, Europeans, and all of you ands, I'm calling on all y'all to help us make the world great again by visiting the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com where you can get yourself a coffee mug like this with a little cute cartoon character that says, I'm a cocoa nut. You could also get yourself a coffee mug like this with a color computer three that says, I'm a cocoa nut. You could get yourself a, a deluxe travel mug like this with the Coco Talk logo on it. You might even be able to get yourself a DVD like this with over two hours of gameplay. Goodness, it is time for us to rise up and make the world great again by enjoying some quality retro merchandise and Coco nostalgia. So please visit 8bit256.com and let's make the world great for the color computer. Thank you very much. Okay, somebody's getting a little bit of feedback there. But, hey, Jason, I thought I would let you know that your brother just chimed in on Skype. Ken, Ken Make It said, Coco Man sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that uh, sounds about right. Yes, yes. And so all my fellow Americans and Canadians and Europeans and all you ands. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, so... Uh, very, very cool. So, yeah, we have uh, Coco Fest to look forward to in the next couple of months. And definitely looking forward. Oh, now he says, love you, brother. You suck, but I love you. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to um, the regular uh, initial segment of the show, which was um, project updates and acquisitions. Does anybody have either of the two that they would like to mention. I know Curtis does, but Mark, you got anything to share with us? We can do Ron's garage. Um, no, I'm working on some stuff, but nothing really to share. So, Okay, Grant Leedy? I am uh, looking for a cassette recorder. If anybody has one to sell, just let me know. Okay, that would be an, what's that called, an ISO? In search of? <laughs> yes, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no problem. Mr. Bjork? Oh, still working on my different hardware projects. I've got that sound card that actually might be able to be hooked up to the Coco. Oh, neat. Neat, neat, neat. And Mr. Witness Protection Program, Richard Lorbieski, any project updates on Codename Alpha or anything like that? Or oh, no. I, <laughs> uh, I'm waiting on uh, – I need to get a stencil for the uh, joystick adapter because the those uh, chips are extremely small, and I can't really uh, – not hand solder them, but I can't play solder on them, so I need to get a stencil for it. And okay. So then I can get that. And I'm still making the RGB SCART cables uh, have a bunch that I need to do this weekend so I can send them out. And and working on the Project Boomerang 512 keyboard also. Project Boomerang. It's got an Australian theme to it. So if we throw it, will it come back? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
one way to find out, right? Now, Rick, I know you're <laughs> you're going through a whole lot right now, so I wouldn't expect. Well, you did mention you you posted an update uh, to your uh, GitHub recently on your project you're working on, right, Rick Adams? Right. So I, you know, just now after about three weeks, I you know managed to actually like touch it briefly. So kind of like a hair. Other than that, my life has been uh, yeah. I touched the heron. Yeah, uh, my <laughs> life has been sort of like the the lost dog poster that says you know looking for our dog you know missing one leg one eye one ear answers to the name of Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot going on, and we're we're just we're we're glad we we're, we're glad you're here, and we we wish you all speedy recovery and and health right. and all that good stuff. Early next uh, week, uh, Alice is going to be transferred to a transitional facility from the hospital. So, I mean, she's had two of the three operations they want to give her. And so that's the, the big one that she really needed was to, you know, basically put her back back together because her, her back wow. just went. So, so now, you know, it's, it's like she's got, she's got pain, but it's reasonable pain. You know, it's like somebody, say, you know, stabbed you in the small of the back with a knife type pain as opposed to what we had before, which was somebody randomly shooting you with a taser-type pain. So <laughs> we're really glad to be past that point. Okay. Okay. Uh, later today, I'm hoping to get down there and do a little more work, because uh, I don't have a whole lot to do, because she's not here. She's waiting to go to the transition facility, and I can't visit her because I have pneumonia. And they said that they're not letting Mr. Pathogen on her ward anytime soon. So, <laughs> so we're kind of stuck. So that's all I got. Steve Bjork, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, Grant, you're making a lot of noise on your microphone. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Grant. Right. Ron Delvo, you mentioned we're going to do a Ron's Garage segment today. Uh, so that's good. Yep. Uh, so we'll, save, we'll, save, we'll save you for then. Okay. Okay. And L. Curtis Boyle, looking very clean cut and smooth and pretty today. Uh, what do you got to update us on, Curtis? Well, uh, we finally pushed out a, an update to the Ease of Use uh, Nitrous 9 project uh, late last night. We got kind of delayed because we hit some uh, uh, bugs with the way you get graph drift for the 6809 loads. It's now too big um, to fit an AK block, so it takes 16K. And unfortunately, it tries to load that in the system RAM area after you're booted, I'm getting a little bit technical here, but basically uh, we were running out of RAM almost instantly trying to boot a standard boot. So we've currently, as a, as a temporary feature, we've our feature, temporary setback, we've just removed a couple of extra window device descriptors and stuff just to shrink it just enough to get it down to fit so it boots properly. But Bill and I are working on doing a fix to actually solve the problem once and for all, so you should have all the RAM back and you can load whatever size craft driver you want. So uh, that just went out last night. I know not, not too many people had a chance to look at it, Although I just been during this call here, I've actually been getting a couple of uh, stuff from Nick on Skype. He said he likes the looks of the new icons, which of course he would because he designed them. And um, <laughs> he also mentioned he should be back to normal uh, sometime this next week and actually have high speed internet back. So he's hoping to be back on the show next week. And that's great. And he's got some other suggestions too on the Nitrous Nine project, but I'll leave that until we actually get back to work on it. But uh, that's basically what I've been working on. The other thing I've been working on is Rogue. I hit a mini milestone yesterday. I've now crunched the code over 1K. So going through it, um, got a couple of little features I've added to it from the original stock. I'm going to probably try to add a few more. And then I'll release the source code for that to the repository so that if anybody else wants to muck with it or rewrite it to make hack or something like that, they can go right ahead. Cool. 
Very, very <clears throat> cool. Very cool. Glenn Hewlett just joined us in the live chat. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, John W. Linville, how, how goes it with you this week, sir? Um, well, you know, this and that. I've been uh, spending a lot of time um, building out the uh, Cocoa Game Master developer cartridges to ship off and figuring out how to ship internationally. <laughs> <laughs> um, just had to send a few overseas. And um, um, also uh, been looking into... Um, how we're going to pay taxes on the money we made with the Tandy Assembly, <laughs> which ah. is a, a, a lot more complicated than it ought to be, but maybe maybe not too terrible. Can you repatriate it? Um, yeah. Um, well, it's because we're incorporated in one state and we had the event in another, and and uh, you know some of us may have to file a multiple uh, local to our state returns because of that, and. I don't know. It could be a little messy. Um, you know, just enough punishment for doing something good. Um, <laughs> um, see, You're doing something that, wrong if you didn't lose money. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, we didn't make much money, but we are on the positive side. So, um, until we pay our taxes, at least. <laughs> um, been working a little bit on uh, figuring out how to adapt the uh, music that's in Farfall over to the new hardware. Um, it's making decent progress there, and uh, we'll see what else. Oh, and and kind of um, consulting a bit with uh, uh, Boise and Myro or whatever as they um, play with their hardware. So, yeah, I saw the video that Myro posted not too long ago where he's got a couple of uh, lines from uh, some Aerosmith songs written in Basic running on the thing. Um, and that's about as far as I got. He goes, all right, this is the part where the music stops, and if you just wanted to hear music, pause here, because now we're going to get technical. So yeah. I, I haven't gotten to the technical part yet of it's that video. It's a good move, uh, film. Um, you know, he goes into a lot of de depth and detail on explaining uh, the uh, the mucks, at least for the sound side of the mucks in the cocoa. One thing that I think uh, that was he didn't really mention it because he's not using it, but I, I think it's important to note that, that the, sound, the selections on the mucks apply to both sides so not just the sound side but also to the joystick side which can trip people up when they're trying to do sound and joystick and they wonder why suddenly they're sampling the wrong joystick <laughs> axis or, or or they go to sample another joystick axis and their sound goes off um but you know i'm sure more details can come later <laughs> okay neat yeah I have, a, I have a question for you john um because you're mainly the the volunteer for glenside for the coco fest for just about everything they're doing how do you have time to do everything else <laughs> <laughs> you know i still time here and there um the schedule is you know it's a modified version of last year's schedule so kind of try to take advantage of that um and try to do the things as they come in and not let them pile up too much um um, plus, um, you know, like, I think you, you were on the call, I believe, uh, yeah. the other night. So you, you heard that I asked for, uh, some, at least some tentative approval of my schedule that I've come up with. So <laughs> at least we shouldn't have to fight that one out again, hopefully. Um, so at least get that cleared and, um, um, probably getting close to, to collecting nominations for some awards. So be looking for that on the Facebook group. Okay. And um, so we've got seven award categories, and uh, we need some nominees. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can limit that to people who will actually attend. Um, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, make it a special exception if it's not type thing. Because imagine you like I mentioned you're being busy. I think you've been pretty busy with your your day job too, with the whole Spectre meltdown thing too, right? Well, thankfully that doesn't actually touch my day to day responsibilities in any big way. Although uh, they did go internally at Red Hat and basically copy every senior technical person above a certain level on uh, all the bug reports. (laughs) So. So I go in and I have like 400 new email messages in my inbox that are all just, you know, extensions to the bug reports. Um, But uh, it could be worse. I could have to be writing that. uh, So, (laughs) (laughs) Thank heaven for small favors. Yeah, but yeah, it's an amazing, it's amazing how widespread the the issue is. I did notice that the Raspberry Pi people went off and... um, They wrote a a little white paper explaining why uh, certain models of the Raspberry Pi are not affected. So if you're really security conscious, you just needed to uh, transfer all of your day-to-day computing over to the original (laughs) Raspberry Pi. Or a Cocoa. (laughs) Or Cocoa. It might be just (laughs) as effective. (laughs) Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, Mikey, you uh, I know we just kind of met you officially today. You said you're a little bit busy, but are you working on any Cocoa projects at the moment? Oh, I always have uh, Cocoa projects in, you know, various stages. Uh, even when I wasn't, you know, I have, I have one that I can't show that's like in five pieces with a whole bunch of cables coming out of it. Um, you know, I have software projects. I got a um, uh, what's it called the uh, Coco Proto from Myro. I have something in mind for that one. So I have all kinds of fun things going on. Uh, I don't have anything that uh, you know I can like announce. But mm-hmm, uh, sure. last year I uh, I tried to announce uh, the Pi Drivewire um, around the time of Coco Fast. And uh, I have some updates for that, so I'm probably going to do the same thing there. Okay. So this is DriveWire running on a Raspberry Pi. Uh, it's DriveWire implemented in Python. Oh, Pi- uh, Oh, when you say Pi, yes. I assume, okay, Python. Okay. Right. Um, that sounds like that might be needed to an extent. I know Boise Pete says he's working on one for the, um, for the Mac. Because uh, yeah. uh, the the Windows version is running in Java currently, so you're you're working on a drive. Is this a be like a DriveWire server? I'm assuming. Yeah, it's a DriveWire server that's uh, implemented in uh, Python, and okay. uh, the reason for that is I am not a Java programmer. I really don't like Java at all. So okay. I actually do uh, Python professionally uh, in my day job. So okay. I'm like, well. Uh, I can read the specs and uh, reverse engineer, you know, some parts of the Java code, and I actually got have a working uh, DriveWire server in Python. Um, So that can be run on Mac, and I have gotten it to run on Windows. Um, Brett Gordon got it to run on uh, his Raspberry Pi, so pretty much any place you can run Python. Oh, that's great. That's really is this cool. the full server too, like with uh, the networking and everything else too? Or yeah, uh, it has the networking. I don't know uh, how well it works uh, for. Uh, I know it definitely works for outgoing connections. Um, incoming connections should work. It it actually does implement uh, most of the DriveWire for uh, protocol. So um, there's uh, there's a bunch of things that like uh, Bill uh, Pierce. Is it Bill Pierce that yeah. has the M shell? 
Um, yeah, yeah. I started to work on some of the functionality for M Shell, but uh, then I just got too too busy with the day job. So, right, right, so, right, so right. I have to ask the big question: Python two or Python three? Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it's <laughs> still Python two. Um, I've been working on switching it. Um, if you have any opinions on that, uh, I'm <laughs> open to it, but. <laughs> I personally don't. I know a lot of our customers do. Unfortunately, they don't always agree with each other or with us. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, that's uh, cool. Well, we look forward to hearing more. And if you know, feel free to jump on the show anytime if you want to give us some updates on that. Yeah. Actually, I did have a quick question for him. Uh, how much have you got into the Java? Uh, how much have I got into the Java? Into Java. The just, just enough to know how to translate this stuff. Is that about it? Uh, I didn't use I didn't use the Java code uh, to yeah. implement it. Actually, I sort of did my own implementation based on the driveware spec. And okay. then uh, places where things didn't work or where the spec is uh, a little bit ambiguous, um, I did look at some look at some of the Java code for a little bit of uh, direction there. Um, the virtual serial channels, um, I had to look in there some. I had to look at how it does commit, how it deals with uh, the AT commands and the DW commands and things like that. So um, I tried to use the Java code as little as possible, but I can't good, say Good, good, because you're going <laughs> to find that Java is only going to reverse your ability to code well <laughs> because it can't code at all. Uh, I think some people say that about Python. Um, personally, I'm kind of a Python uh, cowboy. So I just sort of go in and hack and get things. It's a good language for me to get things done. Uh, I don't particularly care about uh, object-oriented programming or, you know, uh, elegance. Sometimes I get things that work. <laughs> well, well, believe it or not, in Python you can do something akin to object-oriented coding. I was just going to say, Steve's yeah. waiting for the uh, port of Java to the MC10, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, no, no, I'm not a fan of Java, not a fan, as they know, of MC10. It's just, there's been a lot of problems with Java over the years, and it's not the end all that the people that use it think it is. Right. I, I mean, I mean how, Java is used quite a bit on set-top boxes for cable systems, and how many people around here have had a few foul words for when... It's in the middle of recording one of your shows, and the cable box crashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Steve, uh, I have one more thing. I'll give it back to you. Uh, no problem. You know, we've been talking about Python. Um, I started a port of MicroPython to the Coco, but oh, uh, wow. that is a huge project. And wow. you know, I would need like months to get that thing done. That's definitely not a 2018 thing, but okay. I started That's that. Cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I uh, I took a mini class in Python a couple years ago because the place I was working at the whole the whole shop ran in Linux and they did all their integration through like Python and shell scripting. So I got a crash course in Python and it reminded me a lot of Basic and I had an appreciation for it. And we were doing it all in Linux and um, used a couple of tools where we could actually even get some of the um, create like some UI type front end stuff to the Python code and everything. So. Yeah, it's neat, and I'd like to dabble more in that. Uh, you know, when I cross a few other things off my list. Yeah, Python is a very easy language to uh, translate. You know, what you have in your mind into code, uh, and then you just type it in, and you 
it's really easy to do interactive uh, testing and development in Python. So, because I said I do that in my in my day job, so I just start down, you know, sat down and started hacking on it, and had a lot of fun with that project. Learned a lot about DriveWire. So, neat, neat, neat. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Rick. Yeah, go ahead, Rick. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to mention that uh, you know I've done like a, a Twitter bot uh, that I wrote in Python, and I found that it was really surprisingly uh, intuitive and easy to code in. Neat. That's all I got. <laughs> neat, 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 neat. Let me address uh, some breaking stuff that's coming through here on the sidebar in the uh, on the YouTube text chat that I've just been holding off on until we had a few people finish what they were doing. But we have somebody in the YouTube chat who says, his name is Ivan Richwalski, and he says, Hi, everyone. Old Coco user here have been uh, catching up on the show archives. First time I'm catching the show live. So thanks for being here, Ivan. Uh, Richard Lorbieski says, Python is far better than Java. Mark Overholzer is greeting um, Ivan, so is Glenn. Um, Richard Lorbioski says Java is the MC10 of programming languages. <laughs> so, uh, Richard Cavell, good. Another discussion about which programming language is better than the other, right? Um, Nick, Nick Marotta uh, says... Sorry about that. Yeah, Nick Marotta says Java killed my love for programming. Uh, John Linville says that there are some good things you can do in Java. So, yeah. Like beat your head against the wall. <laughs> Nick Brota says it's the COBOL of the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to sit here and have a, uh, a programming language uh, debate until we're blue, right? So well, I love uh, Nick's that, that's pretty response. cool. I love Nick's response. Java killed my love of programming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. That's cool. Well, we look forward to hearing more, um, Mikey. So, yeah, anytime you want to talk about, um, you know, an update, feel free to, to jump on and, and, and share those updates with us. Uh, very cool. Paul Fiscarelli, Mr. F now, Paul, is it, do we say Fiscap with the hard I or we say Fiscap? How, are we, how am I supposed to be saying the Fiscap name or Fiscap name? Uh, Fiscap is fine. Fiscap. So I've been saying it wrong all these years. No, it's like, just kind like, of a quick abbreviation username for uh, my last name. So yes. Fiscarelli and Fiscap. There you go. So what's new with you this week? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, been trying to get some time uh, working on the floppy disk tools uh, that I've showed you guys in the past, uh, trying to put a blog together. Um, I had tried to get a alpha release for floppy disk tools out to the community uh, before the holidays, but um, we had a whole series of uh, house guests between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve every weekend, so didn't have a whole lot of free time there. Uh, so just trying to get back into that and want to get something out there so people can start playing around with it, get some feedback. Um, right now it's a bit, um, as far as, uh, I think, uh, utilitarian and, uh, the UI probably needs a little bit of polishing. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what fits, what doesn't and that kind of thing. So, uh, hopefully I'll have something out there soon. Very cool. I was just going to ask if you've beaten force to doom on level four yet, which hasn't even been programmed. <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, the, but uh, that would be that would be cool if uh, Bruce wants to put something like to get that together. I, I'm up for the challenge. That does open up the whole topic of um, you know DLC. You know, because I think Tim Thayer had mentioned that before. Since uh, since Jason the Coco Man has basically beat everything in uh, Timberman now, we need some DLC. We need some add-ons. You know, some microtransactions and stuff like that going on in Coco games. Um, 
Cool. Yeah, well, we definitely look forward to more of your update on your Disk Explorer when that becomes available. Um, it's going to be a very useful tool. And last, but last and certainly least, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no animosity here. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Not at Jason, all. Jason the Coco Man, you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> so when, when we get to the news segment, I'll show off your little video clip because they make it like so short and sweet how you reach 375 chops. So um, Timberman's on your list of accomplishments this week, I take it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, well, we could talk about that now or later. But I, I, I did that during the Glenside meeting. I was, <laughs> oh wow! I, that was about my third attempt. And uh, okay, I, my 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 secret to it is is I, I'm using I'm using the uh, the uh, the uh, I guess the flight stick or pistol grip uh, stick that was available for the cocoa. I don't remember what what this is called. It's the twenty six dash. Three one two three uh, joystick. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's I, I like that because I, I the buttons right right here and I can that, that's seemed to work best for me. But uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, <laughs> other than that, and uh, uh, so the other thing I'm working on right now, and um, Tom on Discord really uh, kind of started this uh, with me, but. Um, Looking, I'm just kind of going through and looking for all the amateur radio or ham radio software that was made for the Coco. I didn't really use much of it back then, because uh, really, when I got into ham radio, that was kind of around, kind of around the time that the Coco wasn't wasn't my primary computer that much longer after that. But there's, I'm finding a lot of stuff out there uh, that's, uh, I don't know how useful it is, but it's uh, it would have been really neat back in back in the 80s for certain. Sure, but it's good to have it on the archive for sure. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been seeing what I have and uploading it to the archive, and uh, I've actually found some other things out there, and uh, Tom's been looking through some of these uh, archives of old uh, ham radio magazines from the time and has found some uh, things that are mentioned, and one of them I found, uh, of all places, on the Dragon Archive. It, it was one of these things where it was uh, available for the Dragon and the Coco. Cool. You're talking about cool. Tom C. from New Jersey? Right, right. Yep, Tom C. Yep, yep. Another ham guy. Yeah. Yep. I see a few people in the live chat saying they're seeing some rebuffering issues or anything like that. Is anybody noticing any things going on with the live stream? I haven't been monitoring it, but I will start. I mean, I have it open on a window on 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 one of my monitors here. I'm not seeing any issues that I'm seeing, but I've seen more than one comment about people saying they're having problems with the live stream or with the chat going or anything else like that. So, and looking not good sure here. about that. It's okay. been working fine. I've been monitoring it all through the uh, okay. uh, the cast, and it seems to be fine. Okay. Yeah, it looks maybe they just don't like you redecorating, Steve. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. So, um, My acquisition of the week was I got a pair of Black Beauty joysticks in the box, uh, and the box is like really clean and shiny. So, um, and I, you know, Not that I have any shortage of Black Beauty joysticks, but I, I, I'm a sucker for things in the box. So um, they aren't the, I thought they were the chrome-capped ones or the black plastic-capped ones, but it's still, it's, a, it's like a mint, uh, shiny, glossy box that they're in. So they're just going to sit up on a shelf. So I'm a sucker for Black Beauties, and I'm a sucker for things that are still in the box. Um, you, you, pointed, you pointed something out, um, Jason. Your, your secret weapon there is a, is a finger trigger on... Um, on the Timberman because 
with the cocoa stick, you got your thumb. You know, depending on what you do with the Black Beauty, you got to click in the front. With the with the Deluxe joystick, it's on the left. And I found that my hands were cramping. Um, you know, trying to chop fast playing that game. So having something that's got you know good ergonomics that definitely would help. And I guess there's a different stick for different uh, game styles. And it looks like you found a good one there. So good. That one it. made all the difference. Oh, I, yeah. I tried the I tried the deluxe joystick. I tried the Black Beauty. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would want. There's very few things that those are good for. <laughs> I mean, but that's what I had way back when starting out. But you know, but yeah, this 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 just seem this just seems to work the best. Okay. I want to see somebody try it with a trackball. That's a challenge. <laughs> very cool. Too easy to overshoot all, right. all the time. Cool. All right. Well, we just finished another segment here. This was our uh, project updates and acquisitions segment of the show. So I, I know I know Grant has got a question of the week, and I know Ron's garage has got something he wants to show off. So we'll do another commercial break. And who wants to come up after the commercial? Grant, you want to do your commercial? I mean, your question? <laughs> sure. And, that'd be fine. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Grant's question of the week. We'll be back in just a minute, people. Hello, my name is Grant Leedy, and I watch the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Hi, I'm Mike Rowan, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. And when you're done watching, come over and listen to the Coco Crew Podcast. What's going on, everybody? The original gamer, Stevie Stroh here, and I want to talk to you about Amacoconut.com. If you love the color computer like I love the color computer, then you got to visit Amacoconut.com, your one-stop shop for all of your Tandy color computer links needs. There you'll find links to blogs and podcasts and project sites and emulators and downloads and groups and communities. If you love the color computer, head on over to Amacoconut.com. That's I-M-A, Coconut.com. Tell them the original gamer, Stevie Stroh, sent you. Coco forever, people. That's right. I'm a coconut.com for all your color computer links needs. So there you will find uh, on the community page. You hear us talking about things when you say, well, how do I get to the Glenside website? Well, go to amacoconut.com. How do I find out about the Cocoa Crew podcast? Go to amacoconut.com. You seeing a pattern here? So my whole purpose of that site was to make a... Uh, a cheat sheet on, on places to go uh, for color computer references and resources. It started off as a page. The page got really busy, so it became a site, and there's different categories. So we've got a category for people who've got blogs and projects. We've got a category for the various communities like the Facebook groups and the color computer mailing list and the Glenside website. So if you're getting back into the cocoa and you need to know um, what, what resources are available to you, a good one is I'm a cocoa nut. Dot com and grant leedy i need to change the uh intro slide now since it's no longer the newbie question of the week it's just the question of the week um we're gonna skip that that very i you know i spent thousands of dollars having that produced too <laughs> but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna skip out on that and we're just gonna say ladies and gentlemen with the question of the week it is none other than Grant Lady. Take it away, Grant. Thank you, Steve. So uh, we are getting close. I think we're less than 100 days now away from uh, Cocoa Fest. And I know there's going to be quite a few people that have been watching the show that have never attended a Cocoa Fest before. And I thought it would be uh, kind of important to uh, touch base on, on the things that people need to know when they go to Cocoa Fest, what to expect, what to bring, um, and so forth. So uh, I'll open this up to the uh, the panel here 
Um, one thing I will say that's important, and I think Steve will agree with me on this, uh, make sure, if all possible, take Monday off and stay for Sunday night. Uh, unfortunately, I did not do this last year, and uh, apparently I'm, I missed out on a, a big social event after the, clo- uh, the closing of the show and, and uh, some other activities. So uh, uh, that was one thing I would suggest. Um, one question I have for the panel, is it important that we bring our color computer and, and stuff like that with this, or do you suggest not to? All right, a lot of questions. We got a lot of uh, expert uh, witnesses here. So, who wants to chime in first on this one? Well, I I have something to say on that. Okay, go ahead, John Mark. Um, if if it needs to be repaired, then you should bring it. Um, if if you need to do a memory upgrade or if you need uh, to have, you know, the capacitors changed or something like that bring it and there's a chance there'll be somebody there who can uh, repair it. Yeah, actually, I was going to chime in on that. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be repairing Coco's and doing CPU upgrades uh, at uh, Coco Fest. That's Richard Lorbieski of Voice and Technologies, currently in the Witness Protection Program. (laughs) I mean, do a lot of people bring the Coco just to set it up and play games and and, uh, socialize with it, or is it mainly just to get them repaired? I don't know if we had, like, things going on in the hotel rooms that people sit around and play games with it afterwards. Well, people used to do that um, a long time ago. Um, I haven't seen much of that in a while. Well, that's because they're busy in the bars having a good one and, and socializing. <laughs> well, that might be. Um, I personally would not recommend bringing one just to bring it. Um, if you, you know, if you have a project to show or talk about, or if you have a, a, a problem, a specific problem that you're looking for help with, or you know, like you say, if you need repairs, maybe th- those are good reasons to bring them. But you know. Most people there already have cocos, so <laughs> so that you know, unless you have a special one, you know, if you have, you know, if you have a, a, a one of the Brazilian clones or or you know something like that, you think people haven't seen. Um, I mean, your mileage may vary, but uh, I, I I personally don't think it'd be very helpful to be dragging around a cocoa um, unless you have a table to set something up and and talk to people. Especially if you're flying, because it takes a fair bit of your luggage space, too. So, right. <clears throat> I mean, I brought my TC9 down two years ago. I brought my uh, Nocan 3.8 meg upgrade version last year, because those are fairly rare, and not too many people have seen them, so that's the reason I brought them down. Um, and and to just to you know agree with John, too, uh, in the past, like in Rainbow Fest especially, there was tons of people showing stuff up in the rooms. You'd see secret projects for stuff that wouldn't be seen for six months, Uh but I think that was because the shows were bigger and you couldn't get onto the show floor after the show closed down in the early evening. And a lot of people were still trying to talk about software. And, you know, there's, you know, there's so many people you didn't have time to do it on the show floor. So everybody would gather at, you know, somebody's room and kind of go through things. And that hasn't happened much the last few years either that I've seen. Uh, well, I think I can give you another reason to bring your Coco. Okay, here's the scenario. You went to the show. You weren't planning on buying anything. All of a sudden, there was something new from a vendor that you didn't know was going to be there. Now, do you really want to wait until you get home to play with it? No, you want to go to your hotel room and play with that new toy. <laughs> but if that happens, 
you can buy a cocoa on site. So <laughs> yeah, and in the auction, in the auction, yeah. Well, if you buy a cocoa on site, I recommend test it out first. <laughs> yeah. And don't Before forget your MC10. Uh, oh. <laughs> now the room's got doors, right? <laughs> so bring two door stops. Yeah. yeah, in case in case the uh, whoever's giving a presentation needs a help stepping up onto the stage, we can lay down a couple of MC tens too, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think you I think you answered one of your own questions, um, Grant. Is that while the show ends Sunday at three p.m. There is a Sunday dinner, and, and typically at Coco Fest, there's people hanging out after the show. Like I, I've typically arrived in my past two years very late Friday, so even though I'm getting in, it's like nine, ten o'clock Chicago time Friday. The hotel lobby is just filled with people hanging out, and so Friday night there's a social gathering. Saturday night we go till midnight. Um, I think we've got till midnight Saturday, but even after that, once we're kicked out of there, um, then we go back to the lobby in the hotel, and there's a bunch of people hanging out. I remember like one time it was like one or two in the morning. I'm like, dude, I gotta go to bed, you know. So I had to force myself to leave. Um, and then Sunday, it, you know, I and I understand it. You know, you're you, if you have to work and you have to fly back Sunday or whatever your travel plans are. You know, you have that. But if you can plan accordingly, what I'm going to try to do this year is I'm going to try to plan to where I can actually arrive early Friday versus later. I'm still contemplating driving. Um, and I've and I have planned both times I've been so far to be there Sunday night. And I believe that was mentioned on the Coco Crew podcast a couple of years ago. They had an episode where they said what to expect if you come to Coco Fest, because that was my first Coco Fest. But I knew even then plan on staying Sunday night. And I believe that first year I went and brother Jeremy was there too. We all went to Fuddruckers and we just had a big section where we had a Sunday night dinner at Fuddruckers and that was nice, you know? So those are some things to, you know, try to plan on spending as much time in Chicago as possible for the, to get your most social hours as you know, possible. The where did thing... you go? Go ahead. Where did you go? <laughs> Fuddruckers. <laughs> Mud <laughs> records, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, no, now on it's the a other chain, yeah. On the other side of the stuff too, you may want to get there early because Friday night is setting up your booth, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people there, and you might get a preview of the stuff. Now only vendors are allowed to go in the room then, but there's the lobby, there's the bar, there's going out to grab some food with some folks. So uh, yeah. that's the other end. You may want to consider getting there on Friday, right? Yeah. Right. The one thing I would recommend is if you do plan on buying a lot of stuff, and if you anybody of you watched the live streams of the auctions in the past, you'll you'll know there's quite a bit of stuff in there. Sometimes some pretty rare items, sometimes just really good prices on items. So if you can uh, afford to or for the time to drive, it it definitely helps with hauling stuff back than trying to pay for shipping. Because I think Steve was looking into it. And some of the stuff was going to cost forty fifty bucks just to ship if you tried to you know fly back and you can't carry it all on the plane. Mm-hmm. So it depends if you're if you're if purpose for attending is to try to acquire stuff. I would probably drive if you can. If you're attending more for the social aspect of it, then then you don't have to worry about that as much. Now, if you are flying, fly something like Southwest. It gives you two bags free. That way, you can have a bag that you just fill with your stuff that you bought at the auctions. Yeah, but I think yeah. one CRT pretty well fills that up. So. Uh. <laughs> So, and that's another question too. Do, do a lot of the vendors do they is it cash only, or do they take PayPal credit cards? What's the uh, normal thing for those? 
<laughs> it's mixed. Um, yeah. Most people aren't really businesses anyway, and so they're not really in a position to process credit cards like with the <clears throat> like with a big thunk thunk kind of machine or anything like that. Uh, nobody uh, uses a thunk thunk machine anymore. <laughs> but um, just Java programmers. Go ahead. Most people have uh, most people take cash, of course, uh, and most of us, you know, have PayPal accounts, and so you can often pay with PayPal with to the individual. Mm -hmm. um, but the bottom line is, bring cash. Yeah. <laughs> cash is king. Yeah, cash um, is king, and I, I, I usually just take PayPal is fine. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, yeah. And um, inside, we'll be able to accept credit cards of some sort. Um, it's not clear to me who's going to, how that's going to be processed at this point, too, because of some internal discussions. But um, hopefully, there'll at least be an option to pay for auction items for the credit card. That would be nice. Uh, look into Square, Resher. Square or PayPal, any of those. Yeah. And Square seems to be a little bit more friendly when it comes to the actual uh, processing. Yeah, I'm not Quicker. sure about that. They look about the same to me. but um, I take both of them, and I find that Square is faster. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, hopefully we'll have something. Okay. That'd be good. Um yeah, my, my biggest regrets were when I flew was, well, number one, I can't uh, I can't really buy anything I want to buy because I can't fit it in my suitcase. And then uh, I just think the credit card adds a convenience uh, because while, yes, you should bring cash, but what if you only had so much cash and you see this one thing? Like, listen, there's been some Model 4s that have gone there. There was the Tandy 2000. 2000s. There's, you know, the entire collection of Rainbow that Neil Brookins got. Um, there's been some really interesting things there where you might have said, listen, I only budgeted for 100 bucks, but holy crap, I need this or I want this. And I don't have the cash, but if I could, you know, if I could swipe, then heck, that would be an impulse buy. So um, that would be kind of, it would be a nice convenience and maybe even help generate a little bit more revenue for the club, you know. Yeah, and you can also drive Alan Huffman to bid more for things too, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's always driving the price up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, there's another thing. Uh, it, it has to do with the fest, but not. If you're looking for that little bit of extra money that you can have set aside, get your taxes done early so you got your refund. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. And uh, what about food? Because uh, I, I know that at Tandy Assembly, we were kind of spoiled with uh, roosters there. Um, <laughs> so what do we do for food? What's covered uh, there in the fest? What's not covered? Well, you pretty much, well, there's a dinner. Uh, Saturday night, it's um, a barbecue smorgasbord or <laughs> whatever the right term is. Uh, pay for the dinner, stay and hang out. Uh, the mm -hmm. food's been pretty good the past couple of years. Yes, yep. it has. Um, so I recommend that for Saturday night. What's uh, the price on the dinner? Uh, it's a twenty bucks, I think. Is uh, it's, it's listed on the website, but I think it's twenty bucks. Um, uh, other than that. Um, the, the nearby restaurants, uh, I, I kind of have mixed opinions about them. There is a you know there's a fast food on the on that strip, and there's a a couple of places across the the the, the real life Frogger game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ask Steve about that. Aren't too bad, but uh, yeah. they're a little difficult to get to on foot. Not difficult, but maybe a little dangerous to get to on foot. Um, so I don't know. 
but you're on a, stri- uh, a, a reasonable size strip uh, of, of, with you know some options of various food options in either direction. I recommend you bring your smartphone and your Google Maps and and you know you know your own preferences. So, and usually right. Sunday it's a it's a big thing where everybody kind of gathers to one or two different places and and you kind of pre-plan as the weekend goes as to who's going. It's usually I think two groups. It's generally seemed to be on Sundays, and then they pick two different restaurants, and then you just go from there. All right. And breakfast yeah, is covered, right? Breakfast, yeah. The breakfast is part of the hotel. The breakfast buffet—that's yeah. always been pretty good. You get your waffles and your your bacon and sausage links and eggs, and oatmeal, things like that. Um, yeah, I, I found myself making several runs to the Jimmy John's across the Frogger Lanes just to grab a sub sandwich and some chips. And you lost uh, a life. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, in, in that same shopping center, right next to or a few doors down from the Jimmy John's, is a, a biker bar that I understand has got very good burgers, although I've never eaten them there. Not and bad. then I believe, and then I believe on that same corner is also a Mickey D's. So um, right across the street from the hotel are a couple of things, and I'm sure you know, I'm sure there's other things not too far away. Um, uh, I, I didn't starve while I was there. Uh, so. A warning, though, to people who, um, uh, like me, come from an area where there are no tolls on any of the roads. <laughs> if oh, you're yeah. driving, uh, be prepared to pay some tolls. Ah, yes. Including yes, yes. Uh, Chicago has uh, places where you exit the road and have to pay a toll at the exit, and there's nobody manning the toll. But you're still obligated to pay. And so you know, you got to throw your exact change into the machine or whatever. Um I yeah, so if you're driving, I guess bring change is another recommendation. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly what the rules are if you can't pay or whatever, if you get any freebies or what. Um, but you know, I'm not going to advise you on that, uh, other than bring bring enough change that you can cover it. Uh, it's bring not cheap. Yeah, bring three to three to ten dollars in change in your change scoop in your car. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think the last two times I flew and part of the rental car was I got an easy pass that was on the, uh, you know, the dashboard of the vehicle. So it just got charged to the car, the electronic um, uh, transponder for going through the fast lane of whatever they call their easy pass. Or like in Florida, we've got it's called the sun pass. Um, So I had gotten that on the rentals. But if you're driving yourself, that's definitely a good tip. Uh, Very cool. But yeah, it, it seems like the time goes by too quickly. So if you can allocate as much time as possible while you're there, you you know you get the most you get the most out of it. Yeah, if you're I mean if you come if you think you're going to come multiple years, <laughs> or if you have been coming multiple years, uh, however you like to go, um, I do advise trying trying to figure out the lay of the land, find some places around that you enjoy, get there a little early, stay a little late, maximize the trip because you know. Just fly there and fly back, or, or drive there and drive back. It, it'll kill you. It's <laughs> it's really rough, uh, especially on an old man like me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I used to, when we were at the old location in Elgin, for several years I flew and got a rental car, and I figured out a back way to get there from O'Hare that well, I didn't have to pay any tolls. And I found a, a restaurant uh, with a uh, you know a microbrewery restaurant uh, along the way. And I just would make a big thing of stopping there and have lunch on the, you know the day before Coco Fest or whatever. So I made a little adventure out of it. It was great. It's fun. Um, so 
if you can figure out how to do something similar, I would highly recommend it. And there you go. Uh, I think the first year I arrived, too, uh, somebody had ordered a handful of pizzas. I think that was the year Lee Patterson was there. And when I got there late that Friday night, there was a handful of Chicago pizzas um, that were going around. So there might be a place you can order in if anybody's interested in trying some of that world-famous Chicago pizza. Got to get some deep dish. That's it. That's it. Uh, that's a good good question, Grant. Yeah, any other questions anybody has about Cocoa Fest or any other um, slivers of information anybody wants to chime in with? Can John forward his uh, trip plan from O'Hare to uh, the location? <laughs> uh, I can try to I'm, figure that out again. But, uh, I, I, I would be interested. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can reconstruct that. Okay. Very, very cool. I, I recommend going to Google Earth and um, putting in the address of the uh, Fairfield Inn in Lombard and um, you can get this aerial view of the hotel and you can zoom out a little bit and switch the angle around and you can see where the Heron Point building is in relation to the Fairfield Inn. We've got a question. Does the food, does the hotel offer food itself? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I've never ordered room service from the place, but is there like a bar and grill or anything like that on on site? I don't believe so. I think it was pretty much, uh, you know, uh, calling like Domino's Pizza and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken. I think they'd have something, but I think it's maybe not open on the weekends or something kind of crazy like that. Like okay. I think they have a facility of some sort, but, but I don't think it's open for us. I, I thought they served breakfast, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you wanted to order lunch or dinner from the hotel, I would be curious to know if that's an option. Now, they do have that little convenience store that you can charge things to your room. Yeah, yeah. Junk okay. food. <laughs> cool. And by and by the way, John, I, I like the fact that you're running bomb threat in the background there. That looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's looks good to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, and, capitalism. <laughs> and I'll wrap up on one last question. Was there any mistakes that uh, the uh, one the people have gone before multiple times? Any mistakes you would uh, tell us newbies not to uh, do? Don't talk to David Ladd. <laughs> oh, uh, during Lord. the jam session, make sure to throw the extra coins you don't need for tolls into our uh, guitar cases and stuff there so we can busk properly. <laughs> yeah, shipping that musical equipment's expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be the fe- talking to David Ladd will be the best three hours of your life on floppy disks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you're attending this year, right? I'm planning on it, yes. And this this will be your first Cocoa Fest? Yep. Okay. Well, it'll be so, good to meet you in person. Looking at airfares, looking at lodging. What am I Oh, we've got to do some hazing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. A little bit of apple hazing. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> hey, we got some new people there. We got to haze them. Yeah, mis- yeah, some mistakes. Yeah, drunken uh, auctioning, right? Don't drink and bid. <laughs> <laughs> no, do Spe- Especially... If Alan is bidding against you. Right. Yes. I, I, I totally did not need this bag of ink cartridges. Why did I buy it? <laughs> Where did I get this palette of MC-10s? 
paid $1,000 for my MC-10. Oh, man. It's, but it was vintage and rare. So <laughs> Please do not donate used ink cartridges to the auction. Or else I have <laughs> oh, but they're vintage. Yeah. And it looks like there's going to be dueling auctioneers again. Uh, this year, so is it Jason Timon from the Vintage uh, VCF Midwest? Will he also be helping with the auction this year? Um, it's Jason Timmons. Um, Timmons. I, Timmons. I haven't got any confirmation that he'll do it, but I imagine <laughs> he would be okay. willing to. God bless you, uh, uh, I think I think Tony can kind of lose his voice a little bit, and he's kind of getting hard of hearing. So... Um, and sometimes Tony wants to bid on the item, and since he's not <laughs> he can't. I mean, so keep, we came, it, keep it interesting. We came up with this idea of tag team auctioneering, mm-hmm. where he can tag Jason, and then Jason can take his... Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that worked out pretty good last year. Very, very cool. So have we beat this one to death? Yeah, I don't think it's to death, but I think it's wiggling. It's kind of wiggling there. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take another quick commercial break, and then we'll come back, and we'll hear from Rondello. Uh Okay. We'll be right back, people. This is Lee Patterson, author of Bouncy Ball, and you're watching the original Gamers TV show. Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai. And you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. I need to fire my producer. All right. So Ron Delvo of Ron's Garage. And in this case here, it's Ron's guest bedroom. Um, Ready. I'm going to introduce you with your uh, really kick-ass soundtrack here. So hold on here, people. This is a professional show. Ladies and gentlemen, straight from the guest bedroom, it is Ron Delvo with... Ron's Garage. Take it away, Ronnie. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I think my lens is crappy. You see that? Yeah, it's, uh, you're in soft you're, focus. You're in, yeah. in soft. There you go. There you I go. The, the bouncing ball yeah. looks good. There you go. It's lovely. Yeah. So I have um, a screen to share. I'm going to try. Let's see what happens. Share screen. This one. Am I sharing it? You are sharing yep. it. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I have uh, 21 color computers and, <laughs> and, uh, a, foot. and a foot. And a foot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one doesn't just, have a keyboard. Yeah. I took. Now we know why there's a shortage. Yeah. I, I had mentioned on um, Facebook that uh, 
if you uh, were once into the computer and then got rid of it, sold it, maybe even threw it, throw it away, um, this is where it wound up in somebody's backyard. <laughs> I like Man, all those cocoa ones have wow. paint on them still. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, you should have moved them a little forward so they could get that beautiful suntan of yellow. No, I did on purpose. <laughs> you see where it's coming in? See over there? Yeah, you see it's coming in. It's creeping yeah. up. So now how do I get out of this now? So, uh, I like the fact you have a marked out of products keyboard in one of them, too. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful, isn't it? That was my, so, my favorite. So, yeah. Ken can make it ask, how many MC10s do you have? Four. <laughs> Four. <laughs> yeah. Four. They're, they're not in the shot because they're busy holding doors open inside the house. So. <laughs> yeah, and I have plenty of doors. All right. I, I wanted to show you my 22nd acquisition of a cocoa. Okay. And that is this baby. Yes, the Raspberry Pi. The cocoa yes, pie. I now have a pie. And uh, I wondered if you noticed uh, your favorite um, input device there. Yes, the Black which Beauty. Which appears to be connected to it. Oh, yes, it does. But it's not. It's just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank uh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have this running on here. I was going to set this down here and then show you how I operate it because I've just learned I, I have to give thanks to uh, Ron Klein he uh -huh. helped me this is still Coco right so I can do yes. this uh-huh right yeah. all yes, right you can and this right, looks like so the Coco 3 version here. Yeah. all right now I'm gonna exit out this is the kind of screen you get uh-huh you put it up that's actually uh one further back but uh, there's so many choices. Look at them. Look at all even the choices. Got, even got Fusix in there. Yeah. So just for fun, I'm going to load this one in and show you what it's like. And um, The RGB DOS with 255 um, different floppies mounted in it. Yeah, Robert Galt sent this, set this up, this particular one. And this is the screen you get. And then... Um, it has a uh, hard drive on it, and I'm going to go to hard drive number slot 55. I don't know how what you would call this. And then they have this command called run M. Yeah, which is actually from ADOS days, too. Quote, uh, in this case. Uh I know it's boring, sorry. It's okay. 55 for the uh, drive number, and then voila. I think it runs at 7 megahertz. Something like that. But I, I don't know if... Uh, and then uh, what you're also missing is the sound. Oh, shoot, I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's just that easy. No, it's just the screen. I was going to turn the volume up so you can hear the sound. Puyan has an interesting uh, song it plays. Yeah. Is this the ease of use edition of the Cocoa Pie? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I don't know if you can hear it. Yeah, we hear yeah. it. Anyway, the screen is so clear because it's HDMI. Yeah. Yeah. It's it nice. is perfect. It is uh -huh. so nice. 
And that is all I have for you guys. And that's all I can pretty much do is use that one <laughs> part of Coco. I've uh, learned to go through the menus if you uh, hit escape. Um, and then you go back and you um, hit a different thing. There's all these menus you can go to. You can go to, uh, I think it's MAME. Yeah, it's MAME. And uh, has a file manager. You can load up uh, floppy. There's all yeah. kinds of interesting things. Yeah, it's a great project. And I've been holding off doing any videos on there because I really want to get Ron Klein. Ron. On that because, he's um, the one. Yeah. So Ron didn't necessarily invent this, but he's kind of packaged it the way it is now. So Chris yeah, Hawks. Not- has been doing this for a while now too. He's had at Cocoa Fest for many years now. The um, uh, Raspberry Pi running a Cocoa emulator, um, but Ron Pi, Ron Klein has kind of created this image that we're running on now that we call the Cocoa Pi, and he's been maintaining it and updating it. So um, there is a lot of neat things you can do with it. Rick Adams has been using it for quite some time. He's developing on it. Yeah. Um, Rick would have helped me, but he had he had troubles with his family and everything. Yeah. And I yeah, must yeah. say, uh, it cost me. $42 for the Pi, and then uh, for $10, I bought a 16-gig um, card, uh-huh. and um, it and it was really smooth. I downloaded uh, – I also downloaded uh, Raspbian, and uh-huh. um, and I, it has uh, Chromium on there, and you can surf the web with it on a yeah. – you know, you just have to change out those little teeny tiny um, SD, mini SD card things. Right, right, right. But uh, pretty cool stuff. So, Well, two notes for our folks that are new to the Raspberry Pi. You're going to find that you don't want to use Class 10 SD cards. You're going to want to use Class 4 if you can find them. It'll actually make the Raspberry Pi run faster when it does the I.O. The other thing is never, ever just pull the plug on the unit when you go to power it down. You run the risk of uh, messing up your SD SD card. You want to go through the proper shutdown sequence and then kill the power. Actually, mm-hmm. I usually remove the SD card when I power up and down just as safety precaution. What do you have, Steve? What? Oh, I use Raspberry Pis for um, video imagery. Uh, you know, basically, I've got something in a haunt and I want to run a projection for a ghost that appears in the middle of nowhere. And I use them because I can trigger the video and stuff like that. But uh, I've been thinking about putting together a nice Raspberry Pi. Uh, most of the time that I play around with the Coco, I actually run it on a full main that's on a PC. Yeah, well, um, you know, it does have a couple of MC10 stuff on there, too. So you have to stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so much for me wanting to do anything with the Raspberry Pi Coco. <laughs> that just ruined yep. it for him. Like Java ruined programming for the other guy. <laughs> it's just a menu. You can flip right by the menu. Um, the I other know. thing is... Uh, we can flip something. <laughs> we were talking about going to this uh, Coco Fest and bringing a Coco. And all you need is a monitor, a keyboard, and mouse. In the little box you can stick in your pocket and go. Raspberry Pi, yeah. yeah if you want to show something off, definitely. Yeah. Or software. And so, I, actually, Ron Delvaux, what you've just showed here is an example of Fusion, which is the uh, the theme this year. Because yes. you, are, you just showed off that you've got 21 real Cocos, <laughs> and now you're using a new fangled technology device here, the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, right? um, Actually, you know, someone asked if uh, they're unique, you know, individual 
uh, collections of things and actually some of the stuff I had gotten from somebody else and an occasional cocoa would come to me somebody would know somebody and they say you know I'm not using mine do you want it and I go sure and they, they give it to me and mm-hmm. they all have unique um, serial numbers yeah <laughs> other than yeah. that they're all they're just what I have and I you know the I think uh, I have a 4k um, gray case and a 16k you know bait they're um, not extended basic or anything of cocoa ones and then uh, I've got two or three of them that are uh, 64Ks, one that was upgraded. And the one with the um, nice keyboard on it is 16K. Um, I'd love to take that keyboard and put it on a 64K, but it has a strange um, ribbon coming off of it. And Mm. so the uh, hookup to the keyboard is uh, unique to the, I think there's an adapter or something on it. I'll have to look at it again. I know about that one. My uh, Coco t- uh, One, which uh, I don't have, uh, I don't have up here at the moment. But uh, I actually got one of those keyboards. They're, I think they're the Coco Two keyboards, or the ones that came in the bags that people keep talking about. But I got it at a flea market, and I made my own adapter from the uh, flat, uh, my you know, mylar ribbon cable to the pins on the Coco One. I made it myself. Uh, Maybe I can open that guy up and take a picture of it for you. Oh, cool. Neat. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ron, you planning on being at uh, Cocoa Fest this year? Yes, I have my reservations, and uh, I'm trying to figure out uh, what flight to take and how to um, like to come Friday some, or maybe even Thursday and leave Monday or something since okay. you're saying you should stay longer. And I'm not a yeah. party guy. I don't drink or anything, but uh, the social aspect is still stuff. good. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the but Sunday night but dinner you, isn't a drinking thing. It's it's a, a gathering to eat and just share stories. Yeah. Uh, I don't drink either, but it's just fun to watch the guys that are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm an old old guy, so uh, we have yeah. our stories and love to. Um, and if I've yeah. already told them, I'll just repeat them. Yeah, well, and repeat David them Lad, and repeat them. David Lad David Lad dances on tables when he has a few in him, so you know it's, that's that's always a good one. Yeah, in a tutu, <laughs> from what I've heard. But, uh. So, Ron, yeah, on your Coco ones, which uh, board revisions do you have? You know, I don't know. I have to open them up. You know, I have um, at one case. Uh, I opened up. It was uh, serial number sixteen, and uh, we looked in there, and it was a e- D board. No. I can't remember. It's written in the... 16 is uh, probably a D, I'm guessing. It, it was written, or I have pictures of it on the Coco um, Facebook. If you scroll way down to when we talked about it, I had pictures of it. And um, I guess the guys thought that maybe the uh, board was replaced at one time because it wasn't an F board, which is everybody's trying to look at an F board somehow. Are they rare? F was the last revision. It's actually probably the most common, oh. I would think, within the E, and then D e. e was the early ones, and then I had ne- ne- never seen a C before until it was it. Richard, was it you that has a C? Yeah, I, I have a C. Cool. You're welcome. No, yes, I, thank you, Steve. <laughs> I have the 4K uh, cocoa I have, which has the black going around the edge, you know, close to the yeah. edge. That one may have um, an interesting board in there, being that it's so uh, old. Yeah. I got to say, Ron, your new headset sounds good, too. Oh, yep. clean. Yep. Very clean. Yeah. This this was a um, <laughs> Goodwill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's um, Turtle Beach thing, and it was for a game thing, and I got an adapter for it for two bucks at, uh, you know, Fry's Electronics. Okay when I bought the headset for 40 bucks because I wanted to use the headset, but it turns sure. out that adapter made this work. So I took it back. There you go. And oh, got David the pie. Ladd. Yeah. That's yeah. how I got the pie. David Ladd joined us in the live chat and he says, hello. Well, he says I'm on my way home now, so he might not be still watching, but David's on his way home. He had something to do today. Hey, you know, a cool thing you could do for David is uh, every one of us, if we bring a bunch of uh, floppies for him, <laughs> do your thing. Yeah, yeah, we can make it rain. Make it rain floppies. Yeah, <laughs> Good. cool. All right, cool. Are you? Uh, are we done with your segment now? There, yeah, Mr. pretty Delmo? much. I, I just wanted to say, as many cocos as you see, I have probably a couple of thousand um, floppies, and uh, wow, I've wow. gone through some of them over time, and I've got a tall cabinet of um, you know drawers with them all in there. And a lot of them are copy, copies, copies. I, I was anal about cop making copies of everything to make sure, I had, you know, backups so that I had things. Right. Most of the suckers still work. I, it's rare when I don't have any that work. Um, it's just amazing that they, they've been okay. And they're sitting in a plastic cabinet, which I thought maybe somehow the um, static electricity would bother them or whatever, but they haven't. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool, cool, hey, cool, cool, cool. hey, Ron, um, do you ever run across just a uh, non-working Coco One? I'm looking for its case, you know, mm -hmm. the, the old-fashioned gray case. No, not yet. Okay, just keep I, your eye out for that because what okay. I want, my dream is to make a real deluxe color computer. Oh, with the uh, thing on top. Excuse no, me. No, that was the Coco Four case you're thinking oh, of, Ron. Okay. Yeah. No, the Deluxe is the one that has the built-in serial ports and 128k RAM and a new 32k ROM basic and the sound Did chip. Did have and... a wider case? No, it was a... basically the same as the Coco One case, the longer right. one, not like the Coco Two. So, okay. Steve, Steve, you just need a Coco One case. It doesn't matter condition or anything like that. Well, let's have a nice condition so that uh, you know it comes off as something new. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, no, I'm, I'm I'm talking about. Um, well, it doesn't have a keyboard. Uh, I think the standoffs, everything, are are still there. Right. I might have one somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me later on Discord because uh, do want to get my hands on that. I don't think I'll have it ready for the Coco Fest this year, but kind of kind of want to put together, hack some hardware together, and make a what the what that uh, machine would have done. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's scratched up, but I, it's, other than that, I don't think it's broken anywhere, but I'll have right. to look. Okay, okay. thank you. Well, can, for the following year, can we look forward to a deluxe MC10 by any chance? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm it'll so... It'll have a 6809, it'll have so, a sound. <laughs> I'm so glad you can't see my video right now, or else you'd see how my hand is raised. <laughs> in one particular finger in, in particular. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take another quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and we'll do some uh, news from around the world. <laughs> Be right back. Hey, this is John Strong. Beep, bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> Blooper time. <laughs> You're watching the original Gamer CV Strong. 
Hello, this is David Ladd, and you're watching Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. Radio Shack Storewide Manager's Red Tag Sale is on now. We've slashed prices 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. on famous Radio Shack Hi-Fi, car stereo, radios, toys, TV games, calculators, walkie-talkies, and CB radios. Look for the big red tag. Save like never before on these and literally hundreds of red tag specials. Hurry into Radio Shack today. What's going on everybody, Stevie Stroh, and I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show, we think we put together a pretty good show for you, but this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you, love to hear from you. There we go. I was overachieving today, recording a bunch of new crappy commercials. Uh, Ivan Rich, Rich Walski says, My collection is my original white case 32K Coco 1 and older, 4 or 16K silver Coco 1 and a 512K Coco 3 and an MM1. Wow, nice collection there, Ivan. That looks pretty good. Very, very cool. Well, I came across a couple of things that I just threw together on uh, from pulling up the Facebook group today. One of them is kind of a repeat of uh, of uh, Ron Klein's video of the um, of the retro pie, but we got a video that was posted by Craig Marshall in the Facebook group uh, showing his retro pie thing too. I think something I completely forgot to do too. So before we get back to Facebook, let's just do the quick um, uh, feedback and things like that. So. Number one, what I do want to say is we have gotten um, a pretty good amount of, of downloads on the podcast since the last episode. I think we were just shy of 3,900 a week or so ago. We are now at 4,200, so we're crossing some pretty cool thresholds. Uh, I thought crossing the 4,000 download threshold was pretty good. Now that we're at 4,200 downloads, that's... That's pretty good. Um, I posted a handful of videos, some of them new, some of them recycled, but I did put together a playlist of all the new color computer games that I've reviewed over the past couple of years. So they're now on the new I'm a Coconut channel. So you'll be able to see um, Farfall when we were talking about that for uh, a couple of years ago for Coco Fest 25. That was also an interview with John Linville and um, Xmas Rush and Follow Coco. I got a review of Bouncy Ball, of Bomb Squad, Popstar Pilot, Flood It, Pac-Man Transcode, Bomb Threat, uh, a little bit more Farfall, the Donkey Kong Remix, and uh, and then Timberman. So, um, and we've got Forest of Doom, which we've done a few times now. So I've tried to put, get, put together a nice, concise playlist of all the new color computer games. There's been quite a few that have come out uh, these past couple of years, and we're looking forward to, to new ones. And we've gotten some decent comments on that, too. So Glenn Taylor was commenting on the Timberman video. Nice try, Stevie. I know how you feel. Great game. Alan Huffman, because I put some bloopers at the end of that video, said, best ending so far. Glenn Hewlett, fun game. And yeah, I had a good laugh at the end. Glad you included that. Rog uh, Rogelio says that was fun to watch. Um, we got a, uh, I posted a video that I recorded from Richard Lorbieski when he was upgrading a CPU, uh, which we recorded at Tandy Assembly. And um, a person commented here saying, be careful when you plug the CPU into the socket. Sometimes you can fold a pin 
on an IC. So a little bit of feedback there uh, on some of the on some of the more recent videos. Uh, some of the stuff I came across on Facebook. Number one was this uh, Raspberry Pi video, which we've just seen. I posted a um, I posted a link to this playlist of all the new color computer games here. This one I thought was kind of interesting, where um, Carlos Camacho showed a picture where he posted where he was informed. I think Richard, you helped him out on this, but he found a new RF can, and with this can he was able to get a really nice uh, RF output from a color computer. I mean, that is super clean. So um, that was kind of cool to see. And for any, anybody who's got an old Coco, this might be a, an easy uh, an easy upgrade. Yeah, those are those the the place was out in San Francisco, and uh, they are new old stock uh, Aztec RF uh, modulators, and they were used in the Coco ones. Okay. And so what makes these ones look better, though? Is it just because you're replacing the old stuff? Because I don't remember a new Cocoa ever looking this clean. Uh, it might just the way that they are aligned. I haven't put one in yet, so I don't know. But uh, it just maybe these were better tolerances or something. I, I have no idea. I, I wonder yeah. if it's also because nobody's broadcasting VHF anymore because you used to get interference from any channels around 3 and 4, and maybe since that's disappeared off the airwaves, maybe the picture's better nowadays, too. I haven't tried. That's possible. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do notice that even on an old Coco, if you use a nice shielded cable in the uh, like RF to um, F connector without the switch box, it does come through a little cleaner, too. Um, I'm trying to find Jason's video. Here's 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 Jason's video of him actually um, doing the the 375 chops on Timberman. And it went pretty quick. I mean, surprisingly, um, it didn't take him that long. He got it done a lot quicker than I spent like over an hour playing the game trying to do it. But here we can watch Jason just, and by the way, this is Ron Delvoe here doing this too. So, uh, <laughs> but he's just chopping the hell out of this. And um, he got that 375 chops pretty quickly there. You're a busy just guy, barely. Ron. <laughs> and this is with your pistol grip joystick, correct? Right, right, yep. Now, this I one you recorded through the composite, right? Because uh, yeah, the colors are a little the, bit off. Yeah, the composite colors are a little off. But yeah, this was, yeah, this was done through the composite output. It looks pretty clean, though, for composite. And I was just, uh, this is when I was listening to the, uh, the, the Glenside meeting the other night. I just, uh, this, was about, this was a, uh, multitasking. This was my, this was, I think this was about my, this was about my third attempt when I got everything set up to record it. So if I'm going to do this, I want to have a recording of it. <laughs> just to rub it in our faces, of course, but, uh. Well, mostly Steve's face, but <laughs> I will have to say it was priceless watching Steve's video, and then all of a sudden he says he calls Jason a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great! I, I I wasn't expecting that, and I got a good laugh. <laughs> Among all the other things, I was getting a good laugh out of that video. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> I want to come to Coco Fest with the shirt and the pants, and I was <laughs> I was just thinking I could probably not bring my hatchet on the on the. Um, hey, you might have to pick one up in Chicago. Yeah, get one at a hardware store, right? Yeah, <laughs> get one of those uh, cheap like Harbor Freight hatchets or something. There you Cabels go. There you, go. Something, yeah. you died at exactly three seventy-five. Oh, he got 
Yeah, it got really fast there at the end. You could see the timer was getting very short. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, a it, question to uh, you guys. Uh, I've been drawing on uh, Coco Max and uh, putting up the picture and doing a, you know, a, the file available. Does anybody actually download that stuff, or do you want me to keep doing that, or should I give up? You don't care? Okay. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the response. Did you guys hear the question? Because Ron's posting disk images of some of the images he's creating. I haven't had a chance to yet. And actually, the view utility that's going to be part of the EOS, the 639 version, I broke Cocomax 3 viewing. So actually, I might use some of Ron's new pictures here to test it when I start getting back into it. So, so I will be downloading some. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's something it's, to do that's, that's current, yeah. you know, and then you can download it and say, oh, look at there. <laughs> Are you going to do any fancy palette animation ones, too? or I haven't messed with it yet. I've done it in the past, but, you know, something to play with. Yeah. yeah. That was a uh, question I was going to have. Where, where are we standing on the Rainbow uh, magazine? We're not. Uh, oh. I haven't worked on it in a while, but I will again. I have a couple of things that I've stored up to actually get working on it. Um, okay. And uh, it, a lot of it's... Um, I'm waiting for... Uh, some of the game people to give me a synopsis of their stuff so I can put it in there. Um, the Doom one, um, Bruce, what's, is that his Bruce name? Moore, for, for yeah. Doom. Yeah. yeah. He said he, he was busy right now, but uh, he, he'll get back to me and, and do a little paper and some have some pictures that I can put, you know, put together for that. And then um, <clears throat> the other thing is... Um, you know, I do, I, uh, the online rainbow that uh, you set up, Steve, mm-hmm. is uh, has some articles that I'd like to bring over, too. Of course. So, you know, I usually work in sessions, you know. I'll take and set up and do it most of the day and get a lot of it done and then, um, you know, do it on consecutive days and then I'll take a break for a while because it gets to be uh, pretty mind-numbing, you know. Right. Well, Brian Joyce, who's with us in Australia, just noticed that David Ladd joined us, and he said the star of the uh, Coco Films production, Floppy Life, uh, David Ladd, has just joined us, everybody. Welcome, David. Hello. And by the way, Brian, I can't thank Brian enough for both of his uh, Best of Coco Talks, uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, I posted volume two last week or like right after we released our other episode. I don't think it's gotten a lot of views yet, but it really needs to. You guys, you got to watch the Best of Coco Talk volume two. I mean, both of them. They're just really, really, really good. I mean, Brian has actually found a way to take this crappy show and make it entertaining. So uh, <laughs> through through creative editing. And, <clears throat> he deserves and, a raise. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when do we get the best of the best of shows? The best of the best of. Yeah, we need to work on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, David, welcome to the program. Glad to have you. Thank you. And uh, what's new and exciting with you this week? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not quite true. He helped with the uh, getting the 6809 EOS uh, thing out finally. Well, I'm just trying to be the lurker again in the shadows so no one sees me. You're not helping, <laughs> Curtis. 
Sorry, go ahead, John Linville. I just said he had to go and make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Cameron's always new on weird. That. that is kind of his function around here. So yeah, well, we talked about Coco Fest, David Ladd. You are planning on attending, yes? As long as everything goes as planned, yes. There you go. It wouldn't be a Coco Fest without you. Two, two, and, and I, I'm bringing the bottle of rum too. <laughs> hey, David. Hopefully, you and I attending is not going to cause people that are on the fence not to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, because I could scare people off faster than, yeah. Yeah, because the two of you can demonstrate the new floppy drive controller for the MC-10, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not displaying video. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Ron's artwork, Ron DelVoe has just put up one of his uh, pictures. Yeah, I do like your artwork, Ron. You're a very good artist, and you do some cool stuff on the Coco. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Here's some of Ron's some of Ron's Just crazy, stuff. just doodling. Yeah. Neat, 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 neat. Uh, all right. Well, I've covered news. We've covered uh, we've covered Coco Fest. Uh, we've done our segments. Anything else we need to talk about this week? Are we we, get, we about ready to wrap this one up? Anything you want to share with us, David, since you just got here? No, I just keep pulling weird stuff out of the hat like normal. Um, you know, last last week, I think it was last week, right? When I said something about MAME emulators and the 6809 cores not yeah. handling the instruction... Well, I found out that the Coco 3 FPGA project does the same thing. Wow. We, we need a new segment called This Week David Breaks. Yeah, right? Now, that's the uh, that's the Gary Becker one, right? The FPGA? Yes. Now, is it safe to assume that that's probably also broken in the Roger Taylor Deck Nano? Now, what's funny is Bill Noble said that he tested it, and it worked as expected there. So... <laughs> Hmm. And I think he's using the Greg Miller base 6809 core, which I don't know if Gary Becker's is. That okay. might have something to do with it. Okay, different core. I have something for uh, people that are listening or typing in, you know, and stuff. Uh, go to uh, Facebook to show me your show your color computer and paste what you have. You know, put it up there. Um, show what you got, even if it's just the one you know, MC 10 hookup. Or, yeah. 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 That's a neat little group. He's created. He, uh, Ron has, uh, Ron Delvo has created this group called show us your color computer. And it's just, you, you post your pictures of your cocoa collections or anything unusual. So, um, yeah. So definitely suggest you do that. It's fun. It's on my list just down about 75 or so. <laughs> but 112 in mine. So, and, and, and the purpose of this, um, test you were saying before, David, is number one, you were just trying to learn something and test something on your own, but you were trying to write a routine to determine if the software was running on a 6809 <laughs> or 6309. Um, and, and it turns out that most of the emulators did not emulate the processor's operations properly for this test to work. So you just discovered something else that needs to be patched, and that's, that progress is underway, right? Yeah. Um, actually, Curtis told me about about this trick see i'm giving you credit curtis <laughs> and uh it's uh where you basically um the instruction clear d on the 6309 
has two bytes for the instruction, and one is a 1-0 hex, and the other one's a 4-F hex. And on the 6809, the 4-F hex is a clear A. And the 1-0 hex, which precedes it, is, um, what is it, some page instruction set? It's, it's a, it's a pre-byte. There was two pre-bytes on the 6809 to do extended instructions, 10 and 11 hex. And if it's a 10 and then it's an illegal opcode, it'll execute whatever that instruction is. And if it's a 10 with an illegal opcode, it's supposed to just skip that byte as if it was an OOP. But that's not what the emulators are doing. Yeah, so... That made, that made perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to teach you assembly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, I want to say something too, to, to Ken, Ken... Make it. Who I just found out recently. That's um, that's uh, Jason's brother. But Ken had been leaving comments on a lot of my Coco videos uh, over the years for for quite a while. So. Brother. Hey. <laughs> hey, I told him you said hello. I I okay. did that. Well, I got to, I get to say it now myself. No, that's cool. That's cool. Some, so we have we have at least at least two pair of Coco brothers, right? We got Paul and Tim Thayer, and we got Jason and Ken. So, a couple of sets of Coco brothers. Yeah, I think Paul. I think Paul and his brother already have that name for their little software thing, though. So, yeah, they got that first. There you go. Uh, Brian Joyce says that Jason, you are the new David Ladd. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't be that creepy. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, better him than me. You just have to work at it. It comes naturally with time. Oh, <laughs> my God. They do look Jason. similar. <laughs> they do look similar. <laughs> On what I think Jason needs to add a few more pounds first. <laughs> and those cool shades. That's a cool shade. Hey, Jason, yeah. you, you and Ken could be the Coco Brothers, too. You know, the other Coco yeah. Brothers? The other <laughs> no, not those Coco Brothers. The other Coco Brothers. Yes. The and my other, other brother, Daryl. The, the yeah, other that's what is that the Daryl joke? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys, like... this show is becoming Coco Talk After Dark. The only two <laughs> things are missing is dark and the drinking. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, we can make other off the wall comments I make. We can make yeah. David Ladd and Grant Leahy the Cocoa Mothers. No oh, God. <laughs> well, you just brought up a good, uh, good possibility. Maybe if anybody's up for it, maybe we will do a drinking episode of Cocoa Talk After Dark tonight. I'm going to take my my daughter to see the new Jumanji movie, and um, I think it starts at like 7 p.m. my time, so it probably wouldn't be till like 10. It'd be later. But if anybody's around, you guys want to try a Coco Talk after dark? I'm I'm down for that. I got a couple of bottles of beer left. So. Sure, I'm game. <laughs> I'll have to warm up. Yeah, I'll have to stop right. at the liquor store. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. So have we beat this one to death? Are we about done with Coco Talk this week? I don't know. Yeah, Did you bring in the cattle prod yet? Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna run one more commercial because I recorded a few things today. I want to see if it's gonna if it's gonna play. And then we'll say our goodbyes and we'll get ready for uh, next week's episode and possibly a Coco Talk After Dark. Oh, Alan Huffman, who just joined us in the live chat recently, says he might join us tonight in Coco Talk After Dark, too. All right. Yay. Let's see if my. What time would my, that be? Uh, it's probably going to be if my, I'm going to be guessing like my time, like 10 o'clock or something, or maybe a little after. Okay. 10 yeah. Eastern. 
Yeah. All right, let's see if my latest crappy commercial is going to come up here. Be right back. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Hi, this is John Linville. And Neil Blanchard. We are the Coco Crew. I hope you're enjoying watching Stevie Stroh play video games, especially the Coco games. And when you're done with that, check out our podcast at CocoCrew.org. At home, at the beach, in your car, at the shop, at the office, anywhere you enjoy fine audio programming. It's North America's premier source for color computer news, the Coco Crew Podcast. This is John Linville. And Neil Blanchard. And we are the Coco Crew. I hope it's going to be a great show. Join John and Neil each month as they bring the latest news about the color computer, Dragon, MC10, and others. It's the Coco Crew Podcast. Visit www.cococrew.org and listen today. All right, well, we didn't have my crappy commercial. We had a good commercial there for the Coco Crew Podcast. And speaking of the Coco Crew Podcast, since we have the host of it with us here, Mr. John Linville, is there anything you can tell us what we might have to look forward to this month for the January episode? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> About an hour's worth of news, probably? Well, I'm like the news segment right now. Uh, I don't think it'll be too out of control, but um, uh, we'll probably be recording um, in the next couple of days. I have a, a potential interview that I haven't really nailed down, but uh, I think it will be cooperative. So we may have an, an interesting interview. Um, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we always look forward to it. So I have I have a couple of guilty pleasures now. Besides listening to the Coco Crew, I, I just started listening to audiobooks. I have finished Ready Player One, thoroughly enjoyed that. That was probably the best 20 hours of my life. Um, and now I'm starting Armada. Also, um, Ernest Klein, as uh, read by Will Wheaton. I've become a fan of both these people. And so now I'm listening to Armada. And a lot of similarities there with you know 80s references and video games and things like that. So, um, so I'm listening to audiobooks, and I'm looking forward to the Coco Crew podcast, another guilty pleasure. Uh, <laughs> Very, when do you listen cool. to them, Steve? Uh, when I'm in the car, because I do a lot of driving during the day, and I, I have to drive 45 minutes to teach my classes, so I usually listen at that time now, too. So I get a good couple hours a day of audiobook time in. So that's why you haven't been on Discord going to and from work lately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to notice <laughs> that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened Sorry. to the first half hour of the, the Coco Crew podcast. Uh, of, for about seven or eight different ones because um, the, after the first half hour, I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you do? You start listening to them at midnight? Yeah, no, I go to bed, turn it on. Yeah, that's the worst thing. I did the same thing. Trying to listen to, if, I listen, if I listen to something, I fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't listen in bed. I have to be listening while I'm on the road. Yeah. I did the same thing with the book too. I was trying to no, listen no, to the no, book no. At do night. not listen while you're driving. It'll put you to sleep and have an accident. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Our show will. Um, all right. Very, very cool. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to go around the room. Does anybody have anything they want to plug? And does anybody have um, anything they want to possibly suggest for us to talk about next week? Uh, Mark Overholzer. Okay. Uh, I can't hear you, Mark. Mark Sorry. Muted. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, okay. No. Nothing again. I'm, I'm working on stuff, but nothing to say at this time. So, okay. Glad nothing to be here. To see, nothing to see here. Move it along. Yep. Okay. Uh, John, Mark, Mobley, any any closing remarks you'd like to leave us with this week? Um, <clears throat> um, well, the, the good news is um, even though not everyone can make it to the Cocoa Fest, it will likely be recorded by, I'm hoping, Stevie Stroh. And you can uh, watch maybe the presentations um, um, e even if you miss the show. Or if you come to the show and you miss some of the presentations because you want to see the booths instead, yeah. then, you know, know that uh, there's a good chance that the presentations will be recorded. There well, you go. Well, there is plenty of time in the show to see the booths and everything. I mean, you can go during my talk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Grant Leedy, besides breaking your computer today, is there anything else you want to leave with twist or any seeds you want to plant for next week? Uh, well, I, uh, I have a video that I've made for my uh, Dragon uh, unboxing, so I hopefully we'll be sharing that with you guys next uh, week. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Maybe maybe we can air it as a segment. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. Look forward to that because I haven't unboxed mine yet either. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. I uh, actually enjoyed. It. I didn't really want to unbox it, but I was like, why did I spend you know two hundred bucks and not unbox it? So. All right. Cool. 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 Steve Bjork. Oh, still working on my stuff, but you know, if you want to get a little taste of what can go on at Cocoa Fest, especially the late night hours stuff, uh, definitely stop by Discord that Steve's put together here. We uh, almost every night seem to have a few people drop in and chit chat and shoot the breeze and all. Yep, very true. And everybody, on my, yeah, everybody's welcome. Yeah, on my original gamer channel, I have uh, the past two years Cocoa Fest. Pretty much all of the events have been. Um, we're, are able to be replayed. So we've got a couple years worth of Cocoa Fest and uh, Tandy Assembly uh, able to be seen there. So if you're not sure what it's like, check out some of those videos. It, the best way I can explain Cocoa Fest is it's kind of a combination of a TED Talk and exhibitor area and just social hour. And uh, Bruce Morse even said it has a, almost kind of like an art fair vibe to it. So it's very low-key. There's lots to do. There's a little something for everyone. You can do a lot. You can do a little, but you can just hang out with some kindred spirits. So um, Coco's Fest is best experienced live and in person. Yes. Whenever possible. Yeah. Paul Fiscarelli with uh, Child in tow. How are we? Good. Uh, nothing more to add on my side. Uh, I'm hoping that I'll have a little bit more content for next week. Uh, get a blog pulled together and post a couple videos and possibly share that with the community. Good deal. All right. Mute that microphone. <laughs> Jason, the uh, beater of games. <laughs> that makes me sound abusive. I don't know. Jason and the uh, Argonauts. <laughs> Oh, like I said, uh, 
I'll just uh, I'll be updating the blog at cocoman.org uh, for right. everything there. Not to be confused with .omg, right? So it's right. Coco cocoman.org for all your Coco Man needs. Uh. <laughs> like like anyone has any. <laughs> <laughs> and Rondovo, any parting thoughts? Anything you want to th- yeah, talk about for next week? A couple week? things. I'm learning OS nine some, and I've been putzing around, you know, going through, and um, and I think I need some help with commands, you know, oh, to God go back you. and forth in directories and stuff. I need that. Any other thing is um, Roger Taylor is wanting to have get submissions for the Coco Ch- TV. So, um, and if somebody has something that they can, you know, give to him to put on the television, that would be cool because he needs okay. content. I saw that earlier, but I passed it yeah. along. I'm still looking forward to seeing that at some point in time. I tell you what, another reason why I probably want to get a Roku now too is that not only for the Coco channel, but I've been hanging out in a lot of sports bars lately and they have this show, this this thing that's called Chive TV. And all they do is they show like all these like YouTube videos of people like doing stupid things and crashing into walls and hurting themselves <laughs> and stuff. And it's the it's the best thing ever. It is the best it's the best television. And this Chive TV also plays on Roku, so uh, I have two reasons now to look into getting a Roku. That'll make time box. go by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like Jackass. Uh, yeah, it is. It's it's the real life version of Jackass. Yeah, Curtis Boyle, what do you got to plug, or what what are some seeds you can plant for next week? Well, the first thing I should ask Ron if if you want a, a version of uh, Nitrous Nine that actually has a lot of the stuff set up with help and stuff and kind of pre set yeah. up. Uh, if you want to join the Alpha program, okay. uh, fire me a line and an email address. I can send it to you, and I'll send it to you. Okay, cool. Okay. <clears throat> Student Discord. I All believe right. there are three words that can best describe that. Uh, that uh, what could of- those be? Ease of use. <laughs> yes, ease <laughs> of use addition. <laughs> and John Linville, any parting thoughts, uh, words of wisdom, um, advice? <laughs> Cocoa Fest is coming. It is. It, uh, it's coming. You know, it, once it's gone, it's uh, you. You know, you won't really have another platform for at least six months if you want to release something new or, or whatever. So um, you don't have to release a Cocoa Fest or Tandy Assembly, but it's always a good thing to do. Um, I think we're going to have some music uh, from various spots coming out there at, uh, at, at Cocoa Fest, uh, hopefully from uh, some of these developer cards I've been sending out. Okay. And... Um, um, I still need to, hoping to hack together some kind of game, a new game for my own self, whether or not it uses that cartridge. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's a, a need the unlimited time machine as always. But anyway, TikTok, Cocoa Fest is coming. Get on your projects. There you go. Great advice. <laughs> Richard Lorbieski in the Witness Protection Program. <laughs> oh uh, see well, turn this thing off there you go <laughs> <laughs> gotta have the crickets gotta have the crickets uh just selling the processors working on projects uh hopefully i'll have something in for discord tonight so okay so we, are uh, gonna, we, we are gonna try a coco talk after dark and by the way 
Uh, can anybody put in the, in the Skype chat, or not the Skype chat, but in the YouTube chat, can anybody put in a link to the Discord channel? I'll see if I can do that. So if anybody who's not already a member of our Discord server and you want to join um, Coco Talk After Dark tonight, um, you know, maybe join us in Discord. Now, now of course, we might actually end up doing it in Skype. Who knows where we're going to do it. But it's still, uh, Discord is a great... Um, is a great way to um, chat with fellow Kokians. Is that an actual term? I'm not sure. Okay. Hey. So I, I just posted the Discord link there. So if you want to join our Discord server. I'm sorry, is somebody going to say something? Yeah. Is that a permanent one? I've noticed a lot of times when I look at them, there's like a, like a one-time use when it's generated. The one I just posted is not permanent, but it's, it's uh, I guess I could do that. I yeah. I was going to ask just, if you Just make one. Just make, make one. So there's make a chat one box. It. There's a chat make box. One. You just okay, somebody, check it. somebody. Right. Okay, so you're going to make me do everything. Okay, I just posted <laughs> it. Okay, so thank you, everybody. I appreciate that. And I uh, know Rick Adams, you got a lot going on, so maybe, uh, you know, you don't have to have too many words of wisdom for us today. <laughs> uh, just a few. Uh, okay. So I went down and I was working on my game while we were talking, and... Made a lot of nice progress, so I feel real good about that because it's like the first time I've had a chance to like even think about touching it for three weeks. So, so I'm in a better mood. Okay, good. Very, very good. We're, We're glad praying to hear that. for you guys, man. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. And last, and certainly not least, because we know Jason is least. Uh, David Lad. Hey. <laughs> no yes, animosity sir. there. <laughs> Parting thoughts, words of wisdom, uh, free advice. Um, make sure that drive door's closed before you type dir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, 20th century. <laughs> and, Where will and we be without that advice? Wow. Yeah. Let, let's, uh, let's acknowledge who's been in the live chat with us today, too. So, we've had uh, Norlander has been here. Nick. Maroda has been here. Brian Joyce has been here. Richard Cavell has been here. Tom C. Ian McLaughlin. And uh, who else? Nick Maroda. I don't remember if I mentioned that one or not. But Jason's brother, Ken, Ken Make It, was in the live chat. Glenn Hewlett stopped by in the live chat. Ivan Richwalski, um, catching his first live episode of Coco Talk, was here with us. Uh, John Linville were commenting on a few things. Some of the staff here, uh, some of the panel here uh, mentioning it. Brian Joyce, Richard, Richard. I think I got everybody. Uh, Steve Powell stopped by. Hey, Steve, good to see you. Uh, Ian, Tom C. Coco Man, Mark Oberholzer, Steve Power. I think I've got everybody now. I'm seeing repeating names. Uh, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody who was in. Alan Huffman was in the live chat too, and hopefully Alan will join us for Coco Talk After Dark tonight. So if I missed you, I'm sorry, but thanks for watching us live. We were up to almost about two dozen people watching us live at any given time. So um, thank you all for being here every week for the people who watch and listen and for all of you who um, volunteer your time to be part of the show. I appreciate it. We are going to wrap up episode 42 of Coco Talk, and um, we're going to play it out now with a couple of music videos and our um, our great little outro here. So thanks, guys, and we'll are see we gonna you next week. Are we going to do Bouncy? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> 
for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. If you love the color computer like we do, then visit imacoconut.com for all your color computer needs. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, then visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash OGStevieStrow. Coco Talk would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Rick Adams, Rom Delvaux, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Nick Morentis, Karen Anscombe, Simon Jonason, Wayne Campbell, Steve Batson, Brian Joyce, John Strong, and Barry Nelson. Special thanks to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and Brian Joyce for our Best of 2017 episode. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its contributors. The Coco Crew Podcast at cococrew.org. Glenside Color Computer Club, host of Coco Fest at glensideccc.com. Jim Brain and Retro Innovations at go, the number four, retro.com. Tandy Assembly at TandyAssembly.com. Cloud9 Technologies at Cloud9Tech.com. Boyson Technologies at B-O-Y-S-O-N-Tech.com. You gotta tighten up that uh, exit intro. I keep seeing some scenes that you could delete. They have MC tens in them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we need to give uh, Steve a lifetime achievement award, but make sure that the uh, trophy is an MC ten. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs>